Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Good morning and welcome to the third edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I'm here with just Matt. Hey, just Pete. Matt. How you doing, Matt? I'm here. I'm here. Third edition. Third edition of the season. Is that right? Third edition of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are on a roll. Uh, First competitive game of the season. We beat Newcastle. How are we feeling about that? Feeling great. I mean, uh, watching it was quite painful at times, especially in that first half. Um, but the reality is, given our appalling opening day results since 2010, really, this was um, very welcome. And we know that we've got a couple of tough games ahead in the next four or five weeks. So we're going to need all the points we can. Certainly welcome under pretty poor circumstances, right? Whatever you want to say about the transfer window, it was a bad one in the sense that really you should have your players all booked in by July. Um, So a lot of new players either unfit or off the pace. Um, A few injuries that we're dealing with and um, quite a lot of inexperience in the side as well. So like kind of a a very impressive result really when 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 you paint it like that. Yeah. Is it is it me or is it just Arsenal who don't have any of their players ready for the beginning of the season? Do you remember when Arsene Wenger would insist on not playing players who had been at major championships for like two or three weeks and we'd always like be cobbled together? Meanwhile, you'd be playing a big team a week in and their, their players would have played in that same competition and they'd all be back and playing. Yeah, we'd, we'd be the only side that couldn't get World Cup players ready for the start of the season. Yeah. Um, a little bit different in little like bit different. this time around, but I, I was still a little bit surprised that Luis wasn't playing because he didn't go to Copper America and he's been on a Chelsea preseason. So maybe yeah. it was just a case of I think, hasn't I think, played with I think the players. Emery said that Chambers had really impressed him throughout. He'd been one of our best players in preseason and had earned the right. So that was good for Chambers to hear, um, and yeah, provide made made some sense of that. I thought. And a clean sheet. We only kept one away clean sheet in the entirety of last season, I believe. So 
pretty good. Yeah, we did that last season, though, didn't we? We got an early away. And yeah. We were like, oh, this year it's all going to be different away from home under Emery. So I'd rather see where we are after 10 away games and be making more of a judgment. But yeah, it was very, very welcome. And I, I actually went back and had a look at some opening day results. And uh, we, when Jovino came, we played Newcastle away and drew 0-0. Uh, in 2011, I think, and we played Sunderland away and drew nil-nil. And these are with uh, better teams than we probably got now. So it's a step uh, in the right direction to to get those points. And um, before we get into more Arsenal things, worth mentioning the the Newcastle fans were planning a major boycott of the first game of the season, and out 52,000 people, 48,000 turned up. Just goes to show you, doesn't it? Organising a unified protest doesn't really work in the Premier League. People don't want to be protesting I first just, game of the season. I don't think you want to do it first game of the season. I don't. Want, I don't think you want to do it when you're playing Arsenal. They should have done a league league cup second round. I think Newcastle playing the second round is before the. I think the the European clubs get a bye. So uh, yeah, they should have chosen a game like that to protest when no one wanted to go anywhere. And they should have done it when it was cold. Yeah, I think that. Uh, didn't when when we did a protest, it was the Sunderland game yeah. where basically half the stadium turned up, but really no one was going to turn up anyway. So you can double down on it. Um, but it must feel pretty uh, pretty interesting to be a Newcastle fan at the moment. Steve Bruce is your manager after Rafa Benitez, Andy Carroll, your your star signing of the summer, sitting in the stands, injured again. Why don't you uh, email email them the. Uh... We care to you letter. Maybe they can. Yeah, maybe they can yeah, repurpose it for themselves. Maybe Probably they'll a sign a 72 million pound <laughs> Okay, so uh, why don't we crack on into the game? Um, the, the, the key thing that I think everybody was looking for was how is Unai Emery going to deal with the youth this year? Because he had big plans last season and he didn't really deliver when there were opportunities. He sent a lot of the young players out on loan, but they're back. Uh, he's got a lot to choose from. Um, let's talk about Project Youth 2.0. Yeah, we've talked about Project Youth and how we think it would be a way of getting everyone really excited about the club. And it hasn't ever been articulated by the club, um, by Raul or Edu, or and, and maybe we're waiting to see what the philosophy is. But the fact that we started, you know, two new talents in... Willock and Nelson, and that's excluding the likes of Maitland-Niles, who's already made a breakthrough, and people like Gwenduzi, who are also incredibly young. But to see Nelson and Willock entrusted with first-team slots at the beginning of the season, ahead of someone like El Elneny, who's probably a safer bet than, than Willock in some ways, uh, was, was, was really good to see, and it does give you a sense that uh, they're going to play, play some games this year. And look, we, we'll, we'll get into their performance, but there's no doubt that, um, you know, a year ago we were saying, oh, why is Reese Nelson not playing? You really do need to give these players game time and you do really need to integrate them slowly. However much we as fans um, get impatient, it reminds me, there's not every, I mean, I remember Fabregas coming in and immediately you could tell that he was just absolutely different class and was going to be able to play at that level right from the start and that that's incredible and Wilshire was the same when he broke in unbelievable but for the majority of players they need to be integrated much more slowly over a period of time um and I think the year away for Nelson's made a big difference but he's still going to take a lot of time I don't think he's going to be contributing much in terms of end product this year 
and I think Willock will, will, will most likely be the same. I'm, hopefully I'm wrong, but I think they're, they're both really, really promising players for the future. But their performances really showed that some promise, good players, but uh, it's going to be a long journey before they're worth 40, 50, 60 million. Yeah, the impact from both players was pretty limited. I mean, Reese Nelson created two chances, which is, uh, which is a, a positive double the amount. Um, Mkhitaryan, who's on 170 grand a week. Um, I, thought, I thought Willock had a better performance, but it's a different level of strength in the Premier League, even when you're playing Newcastle and they get shoved around a bit. And I think it's a huge ask to expect those two to pick up the slack um, that we're lacking. But it, like, it, it, just having that mobility in the side, having two players that are athletic, mobile. And the key thing for me is when you fill a side up with capable players that can do a job like El Nenny, it, it makes the team quite unlikable. And I feel that, like, even though Reese and Willock weren't off the charts amazing, um, it, the, the side does look more likable. And um, Maitland-Niles, who's had a lot of criticism over the last season, I can't argue with that assist. That was um, that was patient. Um, that was well crafted, brilliantly aggressive. Uh, yeah, brilliantly executed and aggressive. And the fact that he made the interception, made that run, and um, I, I know that. Obama Yang had to do a lot from that, but like it's still great to see. I mean, if he could improve, if his delivery was like that all the time, you know, he really would be a 40, 50 million pound player. So that was promising. Um, so it, it seems like Emery is going to push ahead with um, some of the homegrown players, uh, but there were also introductions of two additional young players. Um, da- Danny Ceballos uh, came on, and so did uh, Gabriel Martinelli, which surprised me I, I thought that he would be out on loan this season but clearly the coaching staff have seen something because um he's but, got you know. a bit of the anelka to me uh he just looks pretty electric on the ball from the bits of pre-season that i've seen him he's playing. so fast yeah so um and the, the finishing hasn't quite hit the mark but it's looked pretty close to the mark like he's missed a couple but they've been they've been they've been good efforts and i think it's a bit like when anelka first came and he you saw just the way he strikes a ball that he was going to be an unbelievable finisher. Whereas like Adebayor had to learn how to basically kick a football. Uh, and we as, clogged along with him for a few years, didn't and we? And somehow it ma- he managed to learn. Yeah. But, for, but when he first arrived, he couldn't kick a ball straight. Yeah. Um, and this guy looks, looks pretty lethal. So uh, I'm expecting maybe eight to ten goals from Martinelli this year. I think that would be an exceptional haul. Some of uh, some of the group chats that I'm in are talking about him looking like he lacks technique at the moment, but like almost drawing parallels to some of the some of the players that Spurs and Liverpool have got. Like when you've got power, pace, hunger, uh, a, a drive, like it does go a long way in the Premier League. And I think the you know we've had technical players that don't have the mobility or the strength in the league and you know that they fall just as flat so the fact that we're adding that athleticism into the side is exciting for me but i really i really thought that he would be straight out on loan but obviously they've seen something in him so you know as a late sub to bring on that scary pace that could be fun and the way we play it's not so desperate to have such a great striker up front because We've got Obama, Yang and Lacazette, but when we're playing a 4-3-3, we can just as well have two wingers supporting a striker. So if we're down a striker, if, if Lacazette is injured, it doesn't mean, oh, we have to play Martinelli 
where it means we can play Mkhitaryan and Pepe, or you know, it doesn't have to be a striker in in, in that front three. So there's not quite such a level of uh, of demand around him. And another incredibly young player that we've got in the side that could have um, a very important role to play this year is uh, Matteo Guendouzi. How are we um, yeah. how are we feeling about him now? It's a year on. Look, we're sort of settled, and he's got that. Is it just me, or sometimes you you get a young player, and they're so exciting when they come in, and it's almost like the education process almost makes them become less exciting. Like I feel like he's a little bit less swashbuckling than he used to be, and he. The thing I loved about him when he first broke into the team, he was he's completely fearless. Whereas now I feel like his play is a little bit more sensible and composed, which I think is a good thing. Uh, that's not a, that's not a negative; it's a positive. Um, but yeah, he looks he looks a really 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 good player, and I think uh, look, we all we all we, we all like him. He's got that. He's got that all-rounder thing about his game, but I wonder what his secret weapon is going to be. You know, yeah. like I feel at this level, there needs to be that thing that you do, and I'm have trying you, to. I think it's just when it, when it comes down to it. Um, maybe Liverpool have, have just disproven this because we talked about their midfield uh, last week, talking about how it's a very functional midfield aimed at funneling the ball through to the front three, and you know you wouldn't go, oh Henderson has got like you know. Um, he's got 10 goals a season in him or, you know, one of the others. So who knows? Maybe the shape of football in a 4-3-3 is sort of evolving. Um, But you'd love to see him add some proper end product in terms of goals, assists, being able to take a free kick. Uh, You know, one of those things, like it's that Luis is, he's got lots of secret, he's, he's he's a decent defender and he's got secret weapons and he's a great free kick taker. He can hit a ball from a long way out. It's nice to have those extra pieces in your armory, and I think he's going to have to figure out what his are. I agree. Yeah, I, I can see where I can, I can see the path for Willock a little bit clearer. Late surging runs into the box, um, a keen finisher, uh, like maybe you know eight or nine assists in his in the bag um, per season if he hits his full potential. I'm just trying to work out what the um, what the secret sauce is going to be for Gwendozi because it he's not like he's he's not Jack Wilshire levels of passing and intricacy like he's not particularly fast he's a good he, like he's, he's mobile right yeah he, he's he's fairly mobile um hopefully like he improves his strength and becomes more of a dominant force but i guess you know he's only 19 19 years old and sitting in the heart of a uh, Premier League and an elite Premier un- League clubs. And you can't mm. underestimate his character. And, yes. And, and let's, you know, let's face it, how old is Willock? 19? 19, yeah. So, I mean, look at the way Gwendozi acts. He doesn't act like he's... he's he, he, Willock is a huge prospect and Gwendozi looks far more at home playing in the middle of the park. Um, one and it's not an easy position, centre midfield. So the fact that he's enjoying really difficult, yeah, especially in the Premier League, yeah. well, especially when people know you're young and they want to kick you up in the air just to let you know who's boss. Uh, there were two players that sat at the heart of majority of the criticism, as always. Um, Henrik Mkhitaryan he stank the joint out, didn't he? Fifty-five percent pass completion rate with his balls in the final third. Like, like that. That's a uh, he. He's uh, someone said that he's Alexis without the goals and assists. <laughs> like, 
Not far off, not far off. What, what's gone wrong for him? I mean, he's, he's played under some great managers, Tuchel, uh, Klopp. Um, he's played under Mourinho. I just, I just don't think English football is for him. But I also wonder whether there's, and it's something we don't often talk about, is, is some, did something go on behind the scenes? Has, he, has his life shifted? Does he not care about football anymore? I know these sound like ridiculous things, but I don't understand how you go from such a productive player to being such an unproductive player. And, you know, he... And it can't just be pace, because this is like misplaced passing. The misplaced passing yeah, I mean, and just not paying pace attention. Pace can play a part because you've got less time to think about stuff if you're not as fast. But, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, um, look, there's not an Arsenal fan who who wouldn't have rather sold Mkhitaryan than Iwobi. It's just I think we know that we have got such a lucrative deal with him and he's playing so poorly that there's no real chance of recouping that money or shifting him on. So we're uh, we're stuck with him, I think. And um, the other player, always, always going to be Jacker. He's gone from, uh, he's gone from the, the idol of those fans that always want to be the, you know, that always want to be the person that knew about Gilberto before the fans knew about Gilberto. But he seems to have lost a lot of fans. I don't think there's any outfield player that made more mistakes that led directly to goals last season. Again, Let's just get the Xhaka thing in proportion. He's not a great player. However, he's not a bad player. He's just Accident-prone. So... The reality of him is, and he's, and he's got a good character, he tries hard, he works hard. Yes, he makes absolutely calamitous mistakes, but you know where we are in our development as a football club, having him playing is not the end of the world. We know we can do better, we will do better, we'll hopefully buy a player next summer, but I think we should just accept that we've got him for another year. And I think one of the other things is, he doesn't make these mistakes on purpose, and he does a good job a lot of the time, so I think we've got to... Got to, got to lay off Xhaka a bit, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't actually think he was that bad in the yeah. Newcastle match. Like, I think he had uh, like 82.5% pass completion rate. But uh, that's why it's going to be quite interesting seeing how the team evolves um, as the year goes on. Because Ceballos was massively off the pace, as most Spanish players are when they come over to the Premier League. But what he does have is that ability to like move the ball between the lines through dribbling like he's 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 more of an athlete and you do wonder like you 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 watch the Newcastle game at times and you're watching them hound us in midfield and and press us and our it's very difficult to play a lot of our midfielders aren't good at turning players in midfield and you wonder like as the season goes on like and David Luiz comes into the side I wonder whether there will be um, less requirement for a jack-a-light player or David Luiz just shares the burden and it just makes us less easy to plan against. Yeah, I think, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be fine. I think the idea of Torreira and Guendouzi is a is a good one long term, but right now when I see them play together it's they need they need something else. Hopefully Chabayos is the answer, maybe it'll be Jack as the answer. I think to, for me we'll, we'll probably do a Wenger which when by that I mean we'll probably play lots and lots of combinations. And if we get a big win in a big game with one of the combinations, then that will become the first choice. And I don't know what that's going to be. Whether, but, it, but, but I can't see... Um, I can't see them... I can't see Gwendouzi playing every game. No, absolutely not. 
so I think it'll be a, a lot of a lot of rotation. But the thing about Xhaka, for instance, for, for whatever you say, is he is relatively reliable. Yeah, like not like the best, but he's not also the worst. But I think to, I think your your the point you make is key. Firstly, it is what it is. There isn't a replacement for him. And secondly, I feel like there are bigger fires in the side that we've got to deal with. I also think it's going to be a very interesting season for Torreira because he he really flagged in the second half of last season. And he's not started. He didn't start. No, he didn't start. I'm guessing he's recovering from Copper America. But he has got a he's got to bring his A game this season. A lot of links to well, AC Milan in the it's summer. It's amazing how things quickly how quickly things fall away because last Christmas. We were saying what a great signing he is. Now it's he's he's almost a squad player. Yeah, in, yeah. In five months, he's gone from and and you know, his performances in the second half of the season were drab, average, really drab. So yeah. I mean, not 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 abysmal. He wasn't making huge mistakes, but they were they were average. So yeah, he's he he's got a lot to prove, and I don't know if he's the first choice in central midfield right now. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Emery develops that. Um, one of the new signings that we didn't mention, um, because I guess he was kind of anonymous to be expected, but um, Nicolas Pepe started. I felt that that was exciting. Yeah, it sort of reminded me a bit of, you know, Henri, when he first came. It's You see the class, but you don't see the end product. Yeah. You know, you see the class is in a little touch, uh, faint in this case, a shoulder drop, and you, and you, and you instantly know they've got it. But I think it's going to be eight, ten weeks before we see the best of him. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he adapts his game as well. Like he's a player used to playing on on the counter attack, which should suit the system. The like the yeah, we had quite a lot of uh, counters, didn't we? Yeah, so I, you know, we now Emery's got pace to release. Is he gonna? Is he gonna use it? Is is a big question, and it'll be interesting to see how Pepe. Um, plays when he's facing a, a like a, a strong deep block, and he's got to be a little bit more intricate. But an exciting player, all the same. Glad he's in our our side. Yeah. Uh, the one one thing that I wanted to talk about is the the transfer window is obviously still open for players that we want to get rid of, um, but we are a little bit short in some areas of the squad. I think uh, Iwobi the Iwobi deal dropped. I don't think that that had been planned all summer. I think that was very last minute, but the money was too good to turn down and it took our net spend down to the 45 million that we were hoping for. Um, Mustafi, El Nene, and uh, I mean, we've got to talk about it. Meza Ozil and Kalasanak having to miss an away game uh, because there's some horrible gang war going off between two rival gangs and there's extortion being talked about. Um, if you are Kalasanak and Meza Ozil, do like particularly Meza Ozil because apparently his representatives have been talking to DC. Do you hang around in London when that's going off, or do you just say, do you know what? I don't need this. I don't I need security in my house. I think it's a temporary thing. I think it'll be fixed pretty soon. I mean, without being overly cynical, there's absolutely nothing to say that he just got left out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Would it really surprise you? No. I mean, it seems strange because you're safer with the Arsenal team. The level of security that the players and the club have. I feel like there must be something deeper going on because I thought that as well. If both the players' wives have left to go to another country... And why would it get any better? Yeah, 
I know. But that's why I'm wondering if, uh, if uh, Mezit's got the opportunity to go to DC, will he take it now? I mean, not that I would you know, just come back from DC. I'm not sure that not doesn't really have the glamour of London, but no. I guess if they can give him good money, I think less um, pressure. I think he's I think he's here to stay, and I think he he's such a good player. He really is, yeah, yeah. That uh, he'll back himself to get back in the team, and I think he will get back in the team. And I think he looks I, a little bit more motivated from what we've seen in preseason. Pictures we've seen on, uh, on, yeah, I mean, pictures we've seen from the training ground. He looks great. The hair looks great. No, but he got rid of the hair. The blonde hair? He ditched the blonde no, hair. Ditched yeah, yeah, I thought he looked good with the blonde hair. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, look, he's, he's he's a great player, or very, very good player, and, um, and I'm really looking forward to what he can bring. And I'm also glad that we're not overly reliant on him. You know, yeah, they've done times, a very good job minimising t- his impact, right? In times gone by, we'd have been like, oh my God, how are we going to survive without Mesut Ozil? Where's the creativity going to come from? And now I think we're like, yeah, I think we'll be fine. Um, hopefully, I, I'd like him back for Liverpool. Um, yeah, maybe that's stupid because he doesn't exactly like tackling. But um, but yeah, no, he's. Uh, I'd like him. I'd like him to stay for one year and let's see what what we can get out of him. Um, and what do you? What do you? Should we get rid of Mkhitaryan? I know. Yeah. And then Mustafi. Uh, I mean, he's been basically. Emery has basically gone. I've told you three times to fuck off. Yeah. And you're still here, like a fucking bad smell. Yeah. I wonder whether Mendes is going to be able to move him on to Monaco. I, I mean, J- John Cross was tweeting the something along the lines of the Arsenal players would happily drive him to Monaco, which says a lot. Uh, I, I think, I think the only concern I have on the on the left is with a with a Wobi gone. Like, what? Well, it's an exciting thing. The backup could be uh, Emil Smith Rowe, um, valued at twenty five million by the club after the. According to reports, or like, is there a, an opportunity for Saka to get some games this season? I mean, he's he's electric. Looks like he really wants to be playing at the highest level. Uh, had some had some good moments in preseason, so maybe our backup slot is being filled with somebody that two players that are a little bit more direct, a little that bit more would aggressive. Make sense, wouldn't it? And I mean, if that's the model, you know, you look at the way Klopp brought in the fullbacks, and it worked out for him with. Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold and yeah you know someone is going to need to make the breakthrough if we're going to accelerate our development and why not that why not one of them yeah and a lot of people have been talking about getting rid of Kalasanak I anyone who stands up for his mate like that gotta have him in the team right yeah what a fucking powerhouse and and at home yeah and his defending might not be up to par, but I tell you, his chance creation is up there. Is I think it's pretty sure it's up there if you average it out across the games. It's up there with Robertson's, um, yeah. and defense should be able to be taught to. And a few people said that we uh, we play our fullbacks played in a more reserved way. They didn't push up as much, and people are attributing some of the success of the clean sheet to that. I don't know whether that's a deliberate tactic or whether you noticed it. What the fullbacks being less adventurous. Yeah. Yeah, there was um, less less going on the overlap. I mean, Emery has to has to concede less than forty goals this season if we're to stand a chance of getting into the top four, in my opinion. So something's got to change. Like maybe that's the thing, or maybe we just didn't have good options. So he played it sensible. There's no point in having Monreal on the overlap if he can't get back or he picks up an injury on the way because his body can't take it. Have you seen that goal where Wayne Rooney runs back in the MLS and tackles the guy? Yeah. It's like only in the MLS. 
Can I know. Get away with that? Can Wayne Rooney be the fastest player on the pitch? Yeah, he's he is he left the MLS? Oh yeah, he's gone to uh, a club in the. You said he's number he thirty-two go, somewhere. Did he go to? Uh, oh, um, I don't know. I, he, he's gone to play under Philip Koku. Where's Where's he managing these days? Wayne Rooney. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Derby. That's it. Derby. 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 Hey, he'll probably do some damage in the championship. Yeah. That'd be fun to watch. Amazing though. Like you go from the absolute heights of football. And then you're playing for Derby County. But I sort of appreciate it in the fact that he clearly just wants to play football. At least he like, loves it, he right? He doesn't need to, does he? He could just retire and that would look better. But he, does, he just is desperate to play. Yeah, so um, top four considerations moving forward. Uh, did, like, the, the United-Chelsea game was pure Brexit as far as I could see. Like Neither of those two squads look good enough. Like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer getting lucky again. Um, but Frank Lampard, I mean, he doesn't look particularly inspirational sitting on the touchline. And it's all well and good saying that we're going to play the kids. But some of those kids are just not looking up to par to me. Well, I think it's just, uh, it reminds me of when Arsenal were playing Project Youth first time around. And we would actually play pretty well and then we'd lose. And we were constantly, like, as Arsenal fans, we're already, uh, uh, we're always moaning about it, life not being fair. But around that time, it really did feel unfair. We were we played better than the opposition and we'd lose. And I thought Chelsea sort of did that on Saturday for the first half, especially, where they actually played better than United and lost 4-0. But that is what you get with young players. And when you start with the team they've got, you will end up dropping a lot of points. And they'll drop them all season. So it all depends on how Lampard can mitigate the damage. But, yeah, I, I, I'd be amazed if he makes a success of it. I think it's a difficult place for an inexperienced manager to succeed at, I think you have to be extremely strong. And that's not to say you can't do it if you've never managed before, but I just don't know if, if Lampard is sort of uh, wily enough. But we'll see. He's obviously... Um, you can see he's modelling himself on the sort of quite Mourinho-esque, you know, sultry and uh, sort of focused and relentless sort of giving giving off those vibes well, running seven miles before the game in the street that just seemed bizarre yeah I, I i think that he wears a shirt really badly that blue shirt slightly stretched didn't wasn't a good look he looked like uh, an insurance broker he looked from like uh, like an england international in the early 2000s yeah really really poor he's not he wasn't he wasn't looking well i mean when you when you can afford fine uh, fine. Well, Italian you say that. Designers. I mean, most of us would give give our give our left arm to look like Frank Lampard. Yeah, no, Edu maybe Edu. Now that's class. Great attire, always looks good. Unbelievable skincare regime. Don't know what's going on there, but it's the guy true. the guy looks like he's never touched a beer in his entire life. He probably hasn't. No, he hasn't. What what a hero! What a hero! I love I love seeing. Uh, like La Raul Edu and whose family looks like a complete gangster as yeah. well, doesn't he? He looks like the enforcer out of the two. Um, that Raul's definitely buried a few bodies in his lifetime, hasn't he? Guy looks. I think well, he, you wouldn't I, mess with Raul. It looks for me. I think he's eaten one of them as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, so before we go, because um, we're just keeping it fairly short today, um, because we, we we went on a little bit last time. I had a I had a. I had a bad moment yesterday. I was watching, I was watching Sky Sports. I was watching Sunes Neville Carragher, 
and Jose Mourinho sitting in the studio and Mourinho was being really, really nice about Arsenal. He looks revitalized. He's got a great tan. Doesn't look like he's been on the meth. Uh, and I started thinking about Mendes and the close relationship they've got. And I was just wondering if he was being nice about Arsenal because if things go wrong this season, are we gonna are we gonna cow to the media and sign a winner and it's Mourinho coming back to Arsenal to get us into the Champions League and undo the mess that Wenger created. I'm amazed you think that. Do you know what I, I know, but it was it was it was a moment of weakness. I'm I, like now I'm coming out the back end of a really do bad you know, Do you know what I think the rationale is? Because Mourinho doesn't do anything. I think the Mourinho knows that he will have a big job within the next 12 months. And the hardest thing, this is a, my theory on it, the hardest thing for a new manager to come in is to buy goals. Like, it's so hard to get guaranteed goals. And one of the only sources in the world, probably 10 players who can guarantee you, over guarantee you, not if he has a good season, guarantee you over 25, 30 goals a season, is... Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He's one of the only ones. He's also quite old. Not really old, but on the older side. So whatever club Mourinho went to, and it's going to be well-financed, I think he know, he would try and make Aubameyang one of his first signings. He likes an because older striker knows, as well. Yeah. He knows these guaranteed goals. Aubameyang will, could be 50, and he'd still score 20 goals a season. Because the skill is not his finishing, it's his positioning. He's just always... I mean, it was a great finish. Well, no, the the, the skill is not his pace, yeah. as everybody thinks. It's that he is very good at... His movement's incredible. Because he's not actually... Like, in a, in a foot race, like, he'll be beaten. I think that, like, people underestimate how good he is at reading the game. So, um, so yeah, I think he's uh, just putting a few feelings. Because, look, the new Arsenal, if someone came in and said, 80 million for Aubameyang, uh, we'd sell. Yeah. I mean, we might even take 60. 65, 70, um, because of his age. Um, but the reality is some rich club who needs goals, that's not, actually, that's not a bad deal for them. Yeah. So, so what are you saying? That you would be for or against Mourinho? Oh, anti-Mourinho. I think uh, and Mourinho's done. You know? He's he, over, he, right? He, uh, he, he, Chelsea was the end of him, that, that second season. And then he had a great chance at United, let's face it, because he had unlimited budget. Yeah, unlimited, and he—it's not just the performances of the team because his first season actually wasn't terrible. He won a Europa, and finished, he won. He, no, he finished fourth in his first season, second the season after. But the, and then the he went problem terrible. Was he can't bring a team with him, and he can't bring a team's fans with him. And in modern day football, you need to be able to do that. And he's just too bitter and too twisted now. And he thinks that the world owes him good press. You know, he's he, like he he really like he he ruined that United experience for himself. I think. Yeah, there was no need. He the press loved him. Uh, yeah. But he uh, yeah he can't keep a dressing room. That's why that's why he got left left here to get out of Chelsea. United is the same. I don't feel like anyone is uh, mourning his departure. So. And really, the hope is that Edu and Raúl combined have good football in their DNA. So hopefully. The, well, look, the, let, hopefully they'll find someone that can bring the style along, right? I'm feeling, if it, if I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better, right? Because the idea that Emery was going to come in and immediately change the team was unrealistic. 
immediately changed it. We lost the first two games of the season last year. Um, we had a decent run, and then we had that crazy capitulation. So all of our worries are not about last season. All of our worries are about the last th- two months of the season because we just completely fell apart, and we still don't know why that happened or what the answer's for. And that has soured our experience of Emery. But the reality is we've had a lot of investment over the last two, that two summer windows. Got a lot of good young players who are a year older and he got a year more experience. He must have learned a lot from what happened last year because you can't not... If you fail so spectacularly in the last month of the season, you have to take a good, long, hard look at yourself and explain to your bosses why it happened. And hopefully he will have been offered some... Uh, constructive feedback on how to not let it happen again. So, I think I think he's going to have a better season. I think we're going to have a better season. I don't know how good. I think you know, fourth probably um, has to be right. Has to be. Has to. Be. Has to be. But I mean, it's third or fourth. Well, because third, fourth, fifth, sixth, realistically. But I think the the thing that's interesting me is if he does make fourth, because United and Chelsea have made bad managerial decisions. And he doesn't improve the style. You know, like if it's drab and it's boring and we stutter there, will he be given another deal? That's the that's the question for me. I mean, the only good thing about having such a bad end to last season is everyone will be looking to see if it happens again this season. And that means that if we have a... And he'll have to have a good back end of the season. And I think he'll be very aware of that. So, um, And the great thing is, you know that this new regime will hold him accountable. Yeah. Like, there'll be no, let's just give him another three seasons. But look, I'm just looking at it and going, look, we've got, we beat Newcastle, we've got Burnley next week, we've really got to beat them. But if we beat, win those two games, we've got six points. And last season, after two games, we had zero points. Yeah. So, the, that's, that really is the only, you got, we're going to have to take it game by game. So, um, it's onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Great. Okay. Well, we've clocked in uh, uh, not too shabby 37 minutes. So thank you for being on uh, for the second time of the week. Thanks, Pete. It was good. It was and good. we will be back next week. Next week. Streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals, and every live WWE pay-per-view. It's The Office, Chrisley Knows Best, and Peacock original shows like Funky Brewster. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.